Talk of the Town with John and Melanie. And joining us on the line is our resident economist, Andrew Pyle from the Pyle Group, CIBC Wood Gundy. Andrew, great to talk to you. Uh, let's get right into it. The tech banks everyone's chatting about. Well, Silicon Valley Bank uh, is was not a household name, John. I guarantee you a week ago, <laughs> I guarantee you this morning, Canadians at Tim Hortons are talking about this California bank uh, and what is happening to my money and what is happening to the U.S. banking system. Uh, what, you know, what a last 72 hours is all I can say. It, it, is this as groundbreaking as it sounds or is this just a simple blip? Uh, you know, it is groundbreaking. I mean, so first of all, this is not a small bank. Uh, I mean, assets, you know, approaching $200 billion. So we wouldn't say this is a teeny bank around the corner. This was, you know, by far the largest bank for tech startups probably in the States. Right. Um, so it was big news. Uh, and there was another, you know, there was another failure over the weekend. Signature Bank out of New York. Again, another bank that did most of its business in the tech sector, or in this case, the crypto sector. Um, so this is not a small issue. And as we saw last week, I mean, the profound impact on stock markets, even here in Canada, even though, you know, we don't have a lot of uh, connection to Silicon Valley Bank. So it was substantial, and it really prompted uh, immediate action by the U.S. government, uh, the U.S. Central Bank. And the big news over the weekend, uh, as we went into the Oscars last night, was that, you know, they were going to shore up depositors. So they were not going to bail out shareholders, John. Um, you know, if you had shares in, in SVP, uh, you're not going to be happy. Uh, the stock plummeted last week. Um, but if you had deposits in SVP, the government basically said, look, we're going to back you. We're going we're gonna to prevent you from losing your deposits, which could happen if a bank went. So that was, that was a very, very significant move. And that's why we're seeing a little bit, emphasis on the word, a little bit mm. of stability coming back in the market this morning. Now, is it just me? And, you know, I start to get cynical and, and pessimistic. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you didn't hear about banks collapsing. You didn't hear about major airlines having their planes <laughs> repossessed on the runway. Are we falling into some difficult financial times or are these just happen to happen randomly? Well, I think, John, what we need to do is kind of look at this bank uh, or banks like SVP with slightly different glasses than what we use to look at our banks, for example. Um, so again, a little bit of a lesson for our listeners this morning. You know, how do banks make money? Well, banks make money because we put money into the bank, we deposit money with the bank, and the bank takes those deposits and lends them out, right? I'm, I know I'm being very, very simplistic here, but that's generally the way we think of banks and how they make money. So provided that the bank is doing smart things in terms of who it's lending the money to mm -hmm. um, and the deposit system is safe, the system runs perfectly fine. In the case of SVP, their clients, the people that they would usually want to lend money to, were mainly tech startups. Well, what was happening back in 2021, mm -hmm. John, is these startups were receiving billions of dollars from venture capitals, private capital. In other words, they didn't need loans. They weren't looking for loans. So basically what SVP did is they took the money that they were getting as deposits and they went out and they bought bonds. Well, what happened to bonds in 2022? They plummeted. Mm. 
So the assets were not loans to diversified companies like we would do here in Canada or, or U.S. banks, for that matter. Um, they were investing in assets that plummeted. And at the same time, what happened to the tech sector last year, you and I have talked about this, the tech sector uh, was very harshly challenged by an environment where interest rates were going up. So their deposits started to leave. And so you had the combination of both those things happening. And as a result, we have the, the little mini-series drama that we're watching daily now. So, no, I don't think it's something that's representative across the board. And that's the positive takeaway, I would say, for this morning. When we're talking banks, I was always under the impression that if it's a bank and it's in Canada, uh, it is that money's guaranteed. You're, you can deposit into a bank and it's going to be safe because the government's going to stand behind it. I thought that was the same for the U.S., are, are these tech banks different, and how do we know the difference as we're depositing or working with these banks? Well, they're they're the same and they're different, John. I know that's going to be a confusing answer. So a little uh, <laughs> in Canada, we are insured up to a hundred thousand dollars on investments or deposits that we place with a CDIC insured or or member company, right? Okay. Canadian Deposit Insurance Corporation. The states have something very similar to that. In fact, you're insured up to $250,000. And the announcement on the weekend by the government, by the Treasury Department and the Fed, was that, look, we're going to backstop you even on deposits that are north of that. So technically, we say, look, you're insured up to $100,000 with a bank, but you know, beyond that, you're not. I think what the U.S. has shown this weekend is that at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, the government comes in and protects depositors beyond that level. So we're, we, are the, we are similar in that respect, John, but regulations that were put in place after the financial crisis of 2008 uh, that literally almost took the global financial system down a rabbit hole, um, regulations that were put in place were meant to protect against this from happening. We have those regulations in Canada, which, is, which means our banking sector today, John, in this country is even stronger than it was before 2008. And that applies to the states, too, but there are smaller banks and some regulations that have been scaled back mm. and which allowed this to happen, right? So what's going to happen going forward? Uh, there's going to be more talk about re-regulation in the states. Not necessarily a bad thing, especially after mm -hmm. this happened. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of criticism that regulators were late to the game on this. You know, why would you be taking depositors' money and investing significant amounts of that in the bond market, hmm. when your job is really to be a bank, right, and right. to lend this out. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot more of a focus on regulation in the States. Um, for Canada, I mean, again, I think we've got probably the best capitalized banking sector in the world. Um, very little risk of this ever, ever happening in Canada. But from a stock market point of view, and this is what the listener is going to say, they say, right. well, yeah, that's fine. Our deposits are safe, but look at my RSP last Friday. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, there's contagion effects from a stock market point of view that go around the world. Mm -hmm. What we're seeing this morning, if we look at the futures market in the States, things seem to be stabilizing. The European stock market's down, but they're playing catch-up. There is a little bit of stability going on right now in uh, the North American equity market. The bond yields, I mean, here's the other upshot, John. Uh, we've been talking, you and I, about rate hikes, central banks raising our interest rates. A week ago, there was a lot of speculation that the U.S. Central Bank, maybe not Canada's, was going to keep raising rates regardless of, you know, well, it might cause a recession or whatever. This weekend, John, after SVP, 
there's a lot less talk of that. There's a lot more talk by people that, oops, you know what, maybe we're done per rate hikes now. Mm. Like, we're going to deal with this situation. So that's a positive, too. So interest rates, the, the rate of increase that we've seen recently, that's probably going to cool off, uh, or we may not even see any more rate hikes as we deal with this going forward. Andrew, this is complicated stuff, and I know that you keep us informed on your website and through webinars and social media. If folks wanted to get, keep in touch with you, find out what's going on, where do they go? Absolutely, John. They can reach out to us on our website, pile-group.com. Obviously, we're going to be following this uh, like a hawk over the course <laughs> of this week. We did put a newsletter out on Friday. We will be putting out regular blog updates just to uh, bring people up to speed in terms of what this means uh, for us as a, as a country in terms of our economy and what it means for our investments going forward. Andrew Pyle is with the Pyle Group, CIBC Wood Gundy. Andrew, thank you for being here on Talk of the Town. My pleasure, John. You guys have a great week. John Eaton and Melanie Kay's host, Talk of the Town, weekday mornings on 95.1 The Peak.